Thank you, PJ. Awesome job. Before we get into the sermon, would you join me in a word of prayer? Oh, Lord, we give thanks to you for this time that we have to turn our hearts and our minds to the study of your word, Lord, that helps us to know your heart for us and your desires for us. God, we pray that you would come with your Holy Spirit and open us up now. Help us to hear the words of love and comfort that you have for us. But God, also open us to the ways that you're pushing us and challenging us to grow so that we can be the people that you have called us to be. And we pray all of this in the name of your Son, who is the living word. Amen. Uh, Well, today, uh, I want to get us thinking about something that I think is relevant to all of us. It's something that certainly affects all of us in one way or another, and that is fear. I want to get us thinking about fear. Fear is one of those universal human experiences. Uh, Just to prove it to you, raise your hand if you've ever been afraid. Okay, if your hand's not up, you're a liar or you're already not paying attention to the sermon. So, uh, yes, we, we all have fear. We don't all experience it in the same ways. Uh, I am afraid of heights. My wife is not. My wife is afraid of spiders. I am not. Some of you are afraid of public speaking. And I know that because I've invited some of you to come and speak at different times up front here in various ways. And you've told me, not on your life. Uh, so we're all, we're all in different places, but we all have fear. And what we know is that a little bit of fear, a little bit of fear can be a good thing. It can be a helpful thing for us. Like um, my kids, as some of y'all know, I have uh, two kids and they're uh, getting to the age where they're enjoying riding their bikes and they're starting to venture out a little further and they're riding their bikes around the neighborhood. And so these days I'm constantly telling them, watch out for cars, watch out for cars. I want my kids to be at least a little bit afraid of cars because that fear is going to hopefully help to keep them alert and aware and, and keep them safe. A little bit of fear can be a good thing. The problem is most of us don't just have a little bit of fear. Most of us don't just have a helpful amount of fear. I think most of us would say we, we have a lot of fear. And maybe some of us would say we have an overwhelming amount of fear. I wonder if you stop and think about it, uh, what, what are the greatest sources of fear in your life? What, what are those things that give you not just a little bit, but, but a lot of fear? Uh, for some of us, it could be uh, the fear of not being good enough. You know, what, what if I'm not good enough in my career? What if I never get that promotion? What what if I never get the recognition? What if everybody sees me as mediocre? Or what if I'm not a good enough mom? What if I'm not a good enough dad? I see all these other moms and they've got it together and their kids are doing all these different activities and I just can't ever feel like I've got it together the way that other people do. What if I'm a failure? For some of us, it's not the fear of being good enough. For some of us, it's the fear of, of not having enough. What if there's not enough in my bank account? What if there's not enough in retirement? What if there's not enough time for me to do everything that I have to do? For some of us, it's fear of rejection. What if the people that I love stop loving me back? What if I never fit in? What if I'm always this lonely? For some of us, it's the fear of loss. What if something happens and I lose someone that I love? What if something happens and I lose the thing that I've been working for my whole life? What if something happens and I lose my own life? I don't know what is the source of the great fears in your life, 
But again, a little bit of fear is helpful. A lot of fear, a lot of fear is destructive in many cases in our lives. I did a little bit of research um, this week, and I don't have time to share everything that I've found, but one of the things I learned is that uh, chronic fear can affect our, our physical health in all kinds of negative ways. It can affect our hearts and give us heart problems. It can affect our sleep. It can affect our metabolism. Chronic, prolonged fear affects us psychologically. It's hard to think clearly. It's hard to think rationally when we're in a state of fear. Uh, chronic fear can also affect our relationships with the people around us. When we're in a state of fear, oftentimes we're more selfish than we otherwise would be. We can become more hostile to the people around us. In some cases, we can even become more violent to the people around us when we're in a state of fear. A little bit of fear is helpful. A lot of fear, a lot of fear is destructive. Now, as it turns out, God knows that this is something that we human beings struggle with. And God knows that we're not at our best when we're afraid. We, we can't live fully the lives that God created us to live when we're in a state of fear. And so I think that's why one of the things that God says to us most frequently in Scripture, if you look throughout the Bible, that there's this little phrase that God uses over and over and over and over again, and it's the phrase, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Uh, some folks have um, gone through the Bible and they've counted the number of times that that phrase appears, and they say it shows up 365 times, like one for every day of the year. I don't know if that's literally true, and I'm certainly not going to go through and count all of those myself, but either way, the point is true. God repeats this over and over again, be not afraid. And so the, the question that I want us to think about together this morning is, how do we do that? I mean, I think most of us want to be not afraid, but we, we live in this world that is scary and we have things in our lives that are scary. And so in the face of that, how can we overcome our fear? Or at the very least, how can we at least keep our fears in check? As we think on that question, I want to spend some time with you this morning in this passage that PJ read for us from Matthew chapter 8. Uh, we're in a sermon series right now that's called Questions Jesus Asked. It's a sermon series about questions Jesus asked. Um, that was supposed to be funny. I guess it wasn't. Uh, so uh, in this passage, in this passage, Jesus drops one of those really good questions. And the question Jesus lifts up for us here has the power to to help us deal with our fear in a constructive way. So let's spend a minute looking at this story. It starts out like this. Um, one, day, one day, Jesus was in this little town called Capernaum. Capernaum, it's a real place. You can still go and visit it today. I had a chance to go several years ago and visit myself. Cool spot. It's right on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus is there, and for whatever reason, we don't know why, but he decides he wants to cross over the Sea of Galilee, or sometimes called the Lake of Galilee, and spend some time on the other side. And so Jesus goes down to the docks there, and he finds a boat that's available, and he gets in the boat, and the disciples are with him, and so they pile in the boat as well. And they set off on this, it's about an eight-mile journey across the, the sea there, and for the first half of the journey, everything is fine. It's smooth sailing. Literally, they're just bobbing along peacefully. And then, and then something happens. All of a sudden, the clouds start getting really, really dark. 
And the wind starts howling and and whipping around and it begins to rain. And not just a little bit of rain, but like that hard driving rain. And then listen to what Matthew tells us next. He says, a huge storm, a huge storm arose on the lake so that waves were sloshing over the boat. Now, I want to tell you something about this phrase, huge storm. So Matthew, who wrote this down for us, um, he wrote this in the first century, and he wrote it in Greek. And in Greek, the word that Matthew uses for huge there is the word mega. Somebody say mega. It's where we get the English word mega. So if you wanted to translate this literally, it's not just a huge storm. Matthew's telling us this was a mega Storm. That this was bigger than any storm that these disciples had ever seen. And that's saying something because we know that at least a third of these disciples had been professional fishermen before they stopped doing that and they began following Jesus full time. So they had spent time in boats. They had spent time on the sea. They had seen some storms before, but not like this, that this was a mega Storm And Matthew says the waves were sloshing over the, the boat. I also don't love that translation. Sloshing, I think, like, that's what my kids do in the bathtub. These waves were not sloshing. Uh, the, the literal Greek there says these waves were covering the boat. They were smashing this boat. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie um, The Perfect Storm, but, but the way Matthew is describing this to us, that, that's kind of what this is like. And, and so what do the disciples do in the middle of this mega storm. Well, they do what any of us would probably do. They start freaking out. They panic. They become overwhelmed with fear, just like sometimes in life we become overwhelmed with fear. And what do they do in that moment of overwhelming fear? They get desperate, as we often do. They, they, we can imagine them bailing water, you know, trying to keep the water out of the boat. Uh, we can imagine them throwing things overboard, trying to keep the boat light, keep it afloat. They're probably doing some makeshift rafts so that they have something to cling to. If the boat gets smashed to pieces, they're, they're desperately doing all of this stuff. And, you know, it seems to me that maybe that's not so different from the ways that we act when we're overwhelmed with fear. Maybe we desperately try to prove that we are good enough. Maybe we desperately try to make sure that we do have enough. Maybe we desperately work to avoid rejection or, or loss at any cost. And a lot of times in life we find that as hard as we work, it, it just doesn't work, right? And that's what the disciples were experiencing here. The, the harder they worked, it seemed like the harder the waves crashed. And so finally, they do what they probably should have done in the beginning, finally, they turn to Jesus. And at this point, Matthew gives us this little detail. I wonder if you caught this. Matthew tells us, but Jesus was asleep. Jesus was asleep. How in the world could Jesus be sleeping through this mega storm? He must have some kind of peace in his heart. Right? He must have a peace, we might say, that passes all understanding because we cannot understand how someone would sleep through a storm like this. We're going to come back to that peace in just a minute. But Matthew goes on and he tells us they, that's the disciples, they came and they woke Jesus saying, Lord, rescue us. We're going to drown. We're going to drown. I wonder if you've ever prayed a prayer like that. I know I have. 
Jesus, I hope you're not sleeping on me. Jesus, I am terrified. I'm overwhelmed. I am scared. Jesus, you better wake up. You better do something. Jesus, if you don't do something, this thing that I'm afraid of is going to take me out. Jesus, I am in over my head. And so what does Jesus do in this moment? Well, he doesn't do, at least not at first, he doesn't do what the disciples want him to do. Uh, Instead of immediately making everything better, Jesus sees this as a beautiful teaching moment. And I don't know why exactly, maybe he realizes he's got the disciples' full attention in a way that he normally can't get, but he decides he's going to teach them something about how to overcome their fears. And to do that, Jesus asks this, this really good question. So listen to what Jesus says. He said to them, why are you afraid, you people of weak faith? Why are you afraid, you people of weak faith? Now, when we first hear that, that might sound kind of harsh, like, Ouch, Jesus, read the room. This is a fearful, vulnerable moment. Like, why are, you, why are you knocking us down? He's not trying to knock us down or criticize us. He's trying, to, he's trying to build us up. But you see, in the way that Jesus frames this question, part of what he's doing is he's trying to show us, hey, look, there is a relationship between your fear and your faith. There's a relationship between your fear and your faith. Okay, Jesus, what is that relationship, well, on the one hand, your fear has the power to weaken your faith. Many of us have experienced this. Like, I'll just speak for myself. When I'm in a place of fear, a lot of times the last thing that I'm thinking about, honestly, is God, right? I'm not thinking about the fact that there's a God who is with me, there's a God who is for me, there is a God who loves me, there is a God who has promised to lead me through? No, when I'm in a state of fear, I'm thinking about the thing I'm afraid of. I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I got to deal with this all by myself. I got to figure all of this out. I'm all alone. I got to save myself. And as far as we can tell, that's kind of where the disciples' minds were at, at the beginning of this storm. As we imagine them bailing water and frantically running around trying to save themselves, as far as we can tell, the last thing on their mind was God. You see, sometimes our fear can weaken our faith. But here's the thing, and I think this is what Jesus really wants us to see. The opposite is also true. Our faith, our faith has the power to weaken our fear. When I'm in that place of fear, when my tension is high, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I can pause, if I can take a breath, And if I can remember the truth that there is a God who is with me, there is a God who is for me, there's a God who loves me, there's a God who has promised to lead me through, if I can remember that, then almost always, that thing that I'm afraid of, it it starts to become smaller. It starts to feel at least a little bit more manageable. Because that thing that I'm afraid of, it might be bigger than me, but it's not bigger than God. It might be more than I can handle, but it's not more than God can handle. And so in the way that that Jesus phrases this question, he's pushing us and he's challenging us and he's saying, listen, be intentional, be intentional. Don't let your fear weaken your faith, but pause, take a breath, remember your faith and let your faith weaken your fear. Another way to say this is that when we're in that place of fear, we can trust God with that thing that we're afraid of. Whatever it is, we can trust God with that thing. Now, if you've ever tried that, 
you probably know that's easier said than done. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to trust God that deeply. But um, I recently heard a sermon on this that uh, I thought was helpful. The, the preacher said something that was kind of paradigm shifting for me and, and helped me to be able to trust God more. So I want to share this with you, and hopefully you'll find it helpful. This, this preacher I was listening to, he pointed out that anytime we're afraid, there's really only one of three things that can possibly happen to us. Anytime we're afraid, there's only one of three things that can happen. I'll talk you through these so you see what I mean. Uh, the first possibility when we're afraid is that the thing that we're afraid of isn't even going to happen at all. I wonder if you've ever experienced that. Uh, actually, there's some statistical evidence to suggest that this is generally the most likely outcome anytime we're afraid. And the reason I say that is um, there was this study that was done back in 2019 uh, out of the University of Pennsylvania. You can Google this later if you're, if you're interested in the details. But this group of researchers, uh, they got this randomized group of, of participants, and they gave each of them a little journal. And they said, hey, we, wanna, we want you to take two weeks and just anytime you're afraid or worried or anxious, just document what it is that you're afraid of. So they did. And then they said, okay, now we want you to track and see whether these fears that you had actually happened, whether they actually came true. And do you know what they found? 91% of the things that people said they were afraid of never even happened. Didn't come true at all. 91%. I think we experience this a lot in life. Sometimes we forget. But I was, I was talking to a friend of mine not long ago, and he was uh, dreading this big presentation that he had to give at work because he was so afraid that he was going to bomb in front of his colleagues, in front of his boss, in front of this very important client. But then he called me after the presentation, and he told me, I, I crushed it. I killed it. Everybody was giving me high fives, slapped me on the back. The thing he was afraid of, it didn't even, didn't even happen. That's kind of what we see in the story here as Matthew tells us uh, how, how it ends. Um, Matthew says, then he, that's Jesus, he got up and he gave orders to the winds and the lake and there was a great calm. That word great there, that's our word again. That's mega in Greek. So you see Jesus replaced the mega storm with a mega calm. The disciples were sure that they were going to drown and all that happened was they just got a little bit wet. Sometimes when we're afraid, that thing that we're afraid of, it's not even going to happen at all. That's one possible outcome. Another possible outcome, oops, got ahead of myself. Um, another possible outcome is that uh, the thing that we're afraid of happens, but it's not nearly as bad as we thought it was going to be. I wonder if you've ever had that experience. I was thinking this week, you know, when I was a, a little kid, something that I was afraid of was going to the doctor and getting a shot, right, as many, as many kids are. But then there was one time when I was probably about six or seven years old, I went to the doctor, I knew I was going to have to get a shot, I was scared, I was shaking, I was crying, I got the shot, what I was afraid of happened, but guess what? It hurt for about a minute, and then they put the Band-Aid on, and then it felt fine by the time I left the doctor's office, and I realized, oh, that wasn't as scary as I thought. That wasn't as bad as I thought. Sometimes when we're afraid, the thing we're afraid of doesn't happen. Sometimes when we're afraid, it happens, but it's not that bad. The third possible outcome when we're afraid is that the thing that we're afraid of happens, and it is that bad. 
or maybe it's worse than we had feared. But you know what? In that case, God will still, God will still, God will still lead us through. I was thinking this week, you know, um, what if, what if Jesus hadn't calmed this storm? What if the disciples' fears had come true? Not to be dark, but like, what if they had actually drowned? And the reason I ask that kind of dark question is because there may be some of you sitting here right now who are thinking, this is a cute little Bible story, but hey, I had a storm and Jesus didn't call my storm. My loved one had a storm and Jesus didn't call that storm. Right? Tra- tragedies happen. Horrible things happen in this world, unfortunately. And if what we're afraid of is ultimately death, well, the truth is, one way or another, we're all going to have to face that fear at some point, right? And so how do we overcome these ultimate kind of fears that we sometimes face in our lives? Well, to me, this is one thing that makes our Christian faith so powerful and so compelling. Do you know what we believe? We believe that Jesus has already gone through death ahead of us. Did you know that? Jesus has gone through death and come out the other side. And we believe that when Jesus died and rose again in the process, he overcame sin, he overcame evil, and he even overcame death itself. What does that mean? It means that we have a God who is so powerful, so loving, so committed to us that even in the face of death, God is still with us. And for us, God loves us and God will lead us through to the other side every time. I love how the Apostle Paul says this um, in Romans chapter 8. This is one of my favorite passages. If any of you ever wind up at my funeral one day, make sure somebody reads this. Who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or fill in the blank of whatever your greatest fear might be. Will that separate you from Christ's love? Paul goes on, and he says, I'm convinced that nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we say, Paul, nothing? What do you mean by nothing? And he says, let me tell you, not death. Not life, not angels or rulers, not present things, not future things, those future things that you're afraid of right now, that I'm afraid of right now, not powers, not height or depth or any other thing that is created, nothing, nothing, nothing will separate us from God's love. And that means, that means that even if your greatest fear comes true, still, Still, God is with you. God is for you. God loves you, and God will lead you through. And that's why you can trust, and I can trust God, even with our greatest fears. That's not always easy. It takes practice. But if we can keep at it, we can keep growing in our trust of God, you know what happens? We get more and more peace in our hearts. And as we keep practicing 
and keep growing in our trust in God, we can get to that same place that Jesus was where, where we have this peace that passes all understanding, even, even, even in the middle of a storm. Let me pray for us. Oh God, um, as you know, we, we face so much fear in our lives, Lord. There are so many things in this world, so many things around us, so many things within us that, that are just terrifying to us. And God, in, in many cases, um, we begin to feel frantic. We begin to feel desperate because we feel like we're in it alone. We feel like we've got to save ourselves and, and solve it alone. And God, we're thankful for this reminder that, that that's just simply not true, that you've already overcome anything and everything that we could ever face, that, that we face scary things that may be bigger than us, but they're not bigger than you. God, help us to internalize this hope so that we can keep entrusting you with all those fears that weigh us down, Lord. God, we're thankful for the fact that you're a God who journeys with us through all of this. And God, we know that you know this is a journey for us and that it takes lots of practice. So God, give us the endurance that we need to, to keep at it so that we can find more and more peace, less and less fear, and so that we can be free to live the, the bold, courageous, peaceful lives that you've created us to live. We pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen.